This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Most parents will do just about anything for their kids, right? And then if someone meets their kids where they're at and does something special for them, the parents' hearts melt. And sometimes even just beam with pride all at the same time. It's a special thing. This past week, a little 11-year-old girl named Lily got to meet her hero, Giannis of the Milwaukee Bucks. And she had her Giannis jersey there for him to sign, and she laid it on the table, and and he signed it. And and that was the way it was supposed to be, right? And that was going to be it, except that the little girl also brought along a purple folder with her. And inside that purple folder were pictures that she had made, especially for Giannis, and she handed it to him. And Giannis, this multi-millionaire, superstar, world-class athlete, received that notebook with great honor and joy. And he got up from behind the table. It took him like two minutes to unravel his big self. And he came around the table and he hugged little Lily. And she hugged him back. And, And he's looking at the pictures like, these are amazing. You did these? And Lily is crying, you know, and the adults and their mom and dad, they're crying. The phones are out. They're taking pictures and videos of all of this. It's a day that Lily and her parents will not soon forget. As we lean into God's word this morning, we see a man who is willing to do anything for his son. Here's how the story begins. Once more, he, it's talking about Jesus there, visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. So as we start off, Jesus is back in this town called Cana. Cana is this this town where Jesus did his very first miracle. It was the town and the setting there of that first miracle where the wedding event coordinator had planned everything out so beautifully. You know, every T was crossed, every I was dotted, except for that one thing when it came to the beverages. Uh, The wedding event coordinator had planned, oh, woefully so short, and they had run out of wine. But Jesus was there, and Jesus changed those gallons of jars of water into wine and rescued the wedding. Okay, so that's where Jesus is at. He's in this city called Cana. This, this other city here, Capernaum, it's about 15, 20 miles away from Cana. So if you're going south, it's like in Burlington. Okay, if you go north, it's Glendale. West, Waukesha, east, and, and you're all wet, okay? And, and it's like 15, 20 miles away. This man is a royal official. 
okay? And so what that means is he's wealthy. He probably has a military background. He's a hero. He is well-respected. He's got a big house, a, a nice family. He's got servants. The, the whole nine yards, he's got everything except the health of his son. And so he makes that 15 to 20-mile journey without a car, right? Uh, and, and to be honest, he probably had a horse. We don't know, but he was so wealthy. He probably had a horse and, and used that. He probably went with an entourage, but, but he went that distance. He had to go. He heard Jesus was there, and so he took off. And as he took off, he was hoping and he was praying. It was his intent to go and meet Jesus and bring him back down to Capernaum so that Jesus could heal his son. Do you understand that? Sometimes, sometimes God will allow difficult things to happen to us in our lives so that he might pull us closer to him. See, that royal official, if his son hadn't been sick, and, and understand when, I, when I'm talking about sick here, it's not like he had a headache. Uh, it, it wasn't that he had an ear infection. His son was dying. His son found fun in nothing and pain in everything. He couldn't lift his head. He, he wasn't mobile at all. He was gray. He was dying. Understand, if his son hadn't been so sick, that royal official probably would have just heard that Jesus was in Cana and said, yeah, yeah you know, maybe someday I'll meet him. I hear he's, you know, he's pretty popular and everything, but he had a need. Is there a, a pain or a, a problem, a stressor or an issue in your life? If so, under, understand that is likely God calling you to come to him, to come even closer to him. So it was October of 2003, and there was this little 10-year-old girl who was really sick, okay? And in fact, uh, the Flight for Life helicopter came to St. Vincent's Hospital in Green Bay and flew her the 45-minute helicopter ride to Children's Hospital here in town. And while they were on that flight, the little girl coded twice. She had to be resuscitated two times. And when they got to Milwaukee and landed at Children's Hospital, the doctors told the parents, we just want you to know, she is far worse now than she was 45 minutes ago in Green Bay. And they ushered her in to surgery. And while she was in surgery for three, four hours or so, she coded any number of times. It was like surgery, stop, resuscitate, surgery, stop, resuscitate. And she came out of surgery, and they took her into the, the ICU room. And she had three of those medical poles, right? You know what I'm talking about, that, that hold the IVs and stuff like that? She had three of those, not one, three of them. And there were literally, literally over 40 different things on those three poles that were going into her body. Her temperature rose to over 107 degrees. The doctor said, well, we don't know if we can do anything else. And so there was just a little bit of time and a lot of heartfelt prayer. 
The doctors would come back later and say, well, there, there's this experimental drug. We don't know if it'll hurt her. We don't know if it'll do any good. We don't know if it'll help her. But there's this experimental drug we could try. And, and keep in mind, too, that with the experimental drug, there's a placebo that's going to be in play, too. And so she might get the placebo and not the medicine. But you guys think about it and let us know. A little while later, the doctors came down the hallway and they said, you know, without apology, we're going to pull that option of the experimental drug. Uh, there's too much wrong with her. It'll skew the study. And so now there was less time and a lot more heartfelt prayer. Just like the royal official with his son in John chapter 4. The royal official, he came to Jesus and he said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied. Your son will live. Positionally, in the culture, this royal official would be held in far greater esteem, with far greater honor than the teacher, the rabbi, Jesus. But this royal official had a need. He needed mercy. He needed grace. He needed healing for his son. He needed it now. He humbled himself. He pleaded with Jesus, please come down and heal my son. That's all he could say. The lump in his throat was too big to say anymore. His heart hurt. His face was pained with agony as he made this plea. And Jesus said, your son will live. And the man's response, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. The father came looking for Jesus to come down and, and heal his son, go that 15, 20 miles, maybe on the horse that he had brought for Jesus to go. And, and Jesus simply says, go, your, your son will live. And, and the man laughed. Really? Do you want to say anything else, Jesus? Do you want to tell me how this is going to happen, what you're going to do? But the man just laughed. And here's why. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. The man left in faith because God had healed his son. God said so, and it was so. See, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The royal official, he, he didn't know a, a whole lot about Jesus. Okay? Probably what the royal official knew about Jesus in a little insert in your worship folder under John Ford is like about a three by five index card size, right, for notes. Probably what the man knew about Jesus could have fit in that little spot, and there would still be plenty of white space. But what he knew was that Jesus had authority, and he acted on what he knew. And so he left. And the story continues. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time 
at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. Pretty cool, right? I don't know about you guys. This is amazing stuff in, in all those words up there on the screen and everything. But the word that stuck out to me was yesterday. Yesterday. The man had gone to Jesus. He was pleading with him, you know, come and heal my son. Come down and heal my son. And, and he's on his way back the next day. When he and Jesus were speaking, it was the day before, it was one in the afternoon, it was 15, 20 miles away from his hometown. If the man had just left and gone home, even if he was walking, he would have made it home in five, six hours. But he didn't go home right away. I don't know what's with that. You know, maybe, maybe the, the emotional pain, the spiritual pain was just so much that he was just exhausted. Maybe he couldn't go any further. I don't know where he slept that. I don't know if he did sleep that night. Maybe he just, you know, the pressure was so much in that, that situation that, that maybe he just, you know, he ended up having a beer and staying at the Ritz Cana overnight. But whatever the case, he's, he's on his way the next day. And as he's going back, his servants are, are coming to him, and, and they've got great news. But, but he doesn't know that necessarily, right? But they got great, your son's living. And the royal officials say, hey, when did all this happen? And the servants respond, yesterday at one in the afternoon. And the royal official realized, man, that was the exact time I was talking to Jesus. The exact time when he said, your son will live. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed news? It was a dire situation. You, you needed news, and, but you, you didn't know what news you were going to get. You were hoping for good news, but it might be bad news. Maybe you were in the hospital and you could see the doctors walking down the hallway. Or, or maybe uh, your phone rang and you knew it was news, but you didn't know if it was going to be good news or bad news. You, you really wanted good news, but you were so afraid that it might be bad news. And so that little 10-year-old girl Whereas in that hospital room, the, the doctors had come down and said, we're going to pull the experimental drug option. Too much is wrong with her. It'll skew everything. A day later, the little girl's congregation in Green Bay and De Pere had a prayer service for her. And, and people came from all over, 1,500-member congregation. People from the community came. Their hearts were heavy. Many couldn't talk. They had lumps in their throats. They were super concerned. Tears flowed, and they prayed. And it was at that very moment that the little girl's vital signs took a turn for the good. At that very moment, at that exact same time. You know how I know it was at that exact same time because that little girl was my little girl. And that began the healing process for her. 
Just as, as the royal official had gone to Cana and, and Jesus had healed his son in Capernaum, he wasn't even there, right? So as the prayer service took place in, in De Pere, uh, the healing took place in Milwaukee. You see, you don't have to see to believe. Jesus cares. Jesus cares about your kids, your son or daughter, your niece or nephew, your grandson, your granddaughter, the, the little rugrats running around in your neighborhood. He cares. You know, he not only cares for the little kids, he cares for you too. He cares for you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Going back into John, and the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And so he and his whole household believed. See, our faith isn't based on what we can see. Our faith is based on who God is. And, and I want you to know that God always does more than what's expected. The royal official went to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, I need you, my, my son, I, I need physical healing for my son. And Jesus healed his son physically. But it didn't stop there. You see, the word said it, and the, his whole household believed. See, the, the royal official came for his son in physical healing. Jesus came for the son and the whole family for their physical and spiritual healing, the whole group of them came to faith, servants included. You know, Jesus came for you too, right? Have you ever had a child that didn't make it or know of someone whose child didn't? If so, Jesus knows all about that and he understands all about that deep down too. You see, Jesus was there. God was there when it happened. And God knows what it's like to lose a son as well. God sent his son, Jesus, right? And God had high hopes and high plans and dreams for Jesus. And part of that plan and part of that hope was that Jesus would die. Oh, gosh, that's so offensive, isn't it? until you realize that God sent his son Jesus to die for you. And then, oh my, that's a crazy, radical, out of this world kind of love. Jesus came for you. Not just to, to heal you physically, but to, to heal you, to save you eternally. See, it's too small a thing. It's too small a thing for Jesus to come for you for just this life. It's too short a time. You know, maybe a hundred years, maybe a little bit more, but that's it. But there's eternity out there. And so Jesus came for you, not just for this time, too short a time. Jesus came for you for all eternity. See, God always goes further than you expect. He always does more. And so while Jesus did die, he didn't stay dead. I mean, who would follow a dead person? 
Who would pray to a dead person? Who would worship a dead person? And Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. We have limitations. God's grace has no limitations. When you and I see our limitations and our brokenness, it's in stark contrast to God and who he is. We see that his promises are always true no matter what, that his provisions are always complete no matter what. When my kids were little, from time to time, they'd be outside playing and they'd derf, right? They'd be running down the sidewalk or riding their bike down the sidewalk, and then they would wipe out, crash, burn, you know, uh, scrape knees, elbows, skid marks, blood coming out and everything. And, and, and then when that happened, right, they'd be screaming and crying, and I'd go run out there, right, and I'd get down by them. What happened? Are you okay? Where does it hurt? And, and I'd wipe the tears away from their eyes and pick them up. Where have you skinned? Not so much your knees, but your heart. What's skinned your, your heart, your, your mind? What's making you scream and, and cry? I want you to know that this is what will happen one day. He, Jesus will wipe away every tear from their eyes, from your eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Our faith isn't based on what we can see. It's based on who God is. And so as we live out our lives because of the resurrected Jesus, just like for that royal official, when, when we can't see a way, I want you to know, and you can live your life this way from this day forward, I want you to know that when you can't see a way, God still has a way. And it's more than what you can dream of. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for bringing us here today. Fill our hearts with an with a even more greater faith and greater love for you. Lord, as we go through difficult times in life, help us not to, to, to check in on our faith, which so often goes up and down like a roller coaster. But let us see you. You never change. You never fail. You always have more in mind. Lord, thank you for the plans that you have for us. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us every step of the way. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.